What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode, episode 29 of Deep Two. This is a basketball podcast where we talk the latest in the NBA and sprinkle in some of our own mild to spicy takes here and there. Today's Thursday, September 28th. It's about 1.30 p.m., and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Ryan Stanley. Ryan, how's it going? Keith, it's really good. I tried not to step on any of my stories from today because I knew that you were going to ask me this when the pod started. <laughs> um, but what I didn't tell you before we started recording was that I have just started smoking a pot roast. Um, which wow, is great... I thought that sentence could have gone so many different directions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I... <laughs> Talking about meat here, people. Um, I just started smoking a pot roast and... Uh, I like to seed some jalapenos and put them in with the pot roast because it adds um, kind of like a bright flavor. Some people use celery for that, but I like to get like that little vinegary, like acidic little kick from the jalapeno instead of the celery. And uh, so I'm smoking that in the broth with everything else. And I bought these jalapenos from a farmer's market over the weekend. And I forgot that like real jalapenos, like not the ones from a grocery store, are like so hot. Like, right. like they're like a hundred times hotter than grocery store jalapenos. And like everything on me hurts right now. <laughs> like I uh, scratch like the inside of my nose and it's just numb. Oh, so shoot. that's the condition we're, uh, we're in today. But other than that, good. Glad to be talking ball with you. Still sounds like a, a good time. Good pot roast with a little bit of kick. I love it. Oh yeah. Um, dude, I don't know how much, how much uh, margin you have in your life, but if you ever were to start a uh, a meat podcast where you just talk about the meats that you smoke um, and, and you know cook and whatnot, I would I would definitely tune in, and I'm sure some of our listeners would too. I appreciate that. I I like to think that I can talk a lot about a weird number of things. Like I have a lot of interests, as do you. And see, I've thought about that before, but I don't like <laughs> like cooking food is such a sensory thing. And the only sense that you don't necessarily need is hearing. And that is all a podcast is. <laughs> so true. it might be, it'll just be me sitting here on the, on the mic. Like, y'all, this smells really good. I promise it tastes good. It's, you can get some ASMR action, you know, the sizzle, uh, that, that you may, uh, that you may hear. <laughs> I don't know. I think it can be successful. <laughs> That's the sound of the smoker turning on. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, Ryan, we are just a couple of days away from NBA preseason, which is super hype. Um, obviously, we've had a, a big drought of, of big news or, or any real basketball played, you know, since uh, the FIBA World Cup ended. Um, I've been enjoying I've been enjoying some some NFL football. I know that you I'm sure you have been too. Uh, but hey, we are officially basically at the at the turning point for this uh the start of this season and we you know we texted earlier this week about recording and um for those of you obviously ryan knows this but uh for everybody else i I texted ryan and i was like hey let's record this podcast let's just do some some storylines that we're looking forward to um in this season because we don't really have anything else to talk about because there's not any big nba news little did i know the next day we will get hit with the uh the biggest woge bomb of the summer which is Damian Lillard being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so this came pretty much out of nowhere. I, I uh, have, over the summer, typically I have Woj and Shams uh, tweets or X posts. I'll get to that later. <laughs> um, I have their, their posts uh, notifying me. And so I saw it right when he tweeted it. And um, it was honestly, for me, it was kind of out of left field. I, didn't, I hadn't seen or heard much about Milwaukee being a real contender in um, acquiring Damian Lillard, but they did it. So basically uh, just a summary of this deal, just for those of you who don't know, it's a three-team deal. The Bucks land, Lillard, um, the Blazers, um, and the Suns are the two other teams involved here. The Blazers are acquiring Aiton and Drew Holiday, and then obviously a bunch of picks. And then the Suns end up with Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson. So a really really kind of league shattering sort of deal happened here. But um, just Ryan, just give me some of your initial thoughts. All right. So they are scattered out into a whole bunch of bullet points and I'm just going to go like 
just one by one here and I love what, it. whatever sticks out to you feel free to react to but um I put number one you know the the team that is at the center of all this the Milwaukee Bucks uh they're a nightmare to defend now just imagine uh, LeBron cutting to the basket like I mean LeBron to me seems like 2018 Le- or did I say LeBron? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Giannis seems to me like 2018 LeBron kind of, where it's like like he can just cut to the basket and kind of score on almost any play. But now, aside from Chris Middleton to kick it out to, he has Damian Lillard. And they have entire possessions where, you know, if Giannis is off the court, you're essentially having to defend a Damian Lillard-led offense, which is just an absolute nightmare. You don't get a break throughout the game. I do think that they're going to miss Drew Holiday a lot on the defensive end. Obviously, that's that's kind of like the second thing that everyone said about the Bucks at, at this point. Um, I I personally believe that Drew Holiday covered up a lot of problems that they had. Um, I know Giannis and Brooke Lopez have, have been thrown out there for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year. But Drew has like always been the best defender on that team. He's made them look significantly better on that end than they really were. And you are replacing him with one of the worst defending guards, if not the worst defending guard in the entire NBA. I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, the NBA players in that poll last year named Drew Holiday the best defender in the NBA. (laughs) And uh, so I pointed out on one of our early pods, like second or third one that we did, that that Dame actually, I think in the 2021-22 season, had like a negative plus minus on the year because of his defensive liabilities. So it'll be interesting to see how he overcomes that, how the Bucks overcome that. I certainly think they can. Uh, if Giannis is the caliber of uh, gravitational force on the defense that we think he is, he should help, you know, cover up a lot of those errors, especially in the pick and rolls. But on offense, it's going to be one of the most fun teams, like, in recent memory to watch. Uh, some other ideas I wrote down. Um, Portland should just keep Drew Holiday. I don't know why, mm. like, so many teams are, like, linked to Drew Holiday now. Um, I'm sure by the time the people listen to this, he's probably on like some random team or whatever. He's like been traded by now. Uh, but like, it's, it's like you saying, like, just contend, like just contend right now. Like why, why does Scoot Henderson and, uh, and Shaden Sharp have to have like three bad years, you know, <laughs> like, why do they have to go like, you know, 20 and 62 for the first few years of their career? Why can't they just make the playoffs this year? Like, Give them DeAndre Ayton, who's an above-average center in the league, still super young as well. Keep Drew Holiday in the, Drew Holiday in the rotation, and like just add a couple more veteran pieces, and just see what you have. Because you know, it's so much better than getting like the ninth pick in next year's draft is getting your young players playoff experience. So, um, I put that the Suns are now by far the deepest team in the league to me. Um, I'm just going to go through these next ones really fast without really explaining them. <laughs> Suns are one of the deepest teams in the league by now, if not the deepest team. Um, Toronto is the new 2017 Orlando Magic, where uh, it's one of my favorite basketball takes of all time, where, uh, you know, back in 2017, there were all these rumors that Nikola Vucevic was going to get traded or Evan Fournier was on the block or Alfred Payton or Mario Hazonia. And I think uh, I think Kevin O'Connor maybe said this. Um said something like, you know, if all these players are so good and if you want them all so much, then why is this one of the worst teams in the league? <laughs> and Toronto is not one of the worst teams in the league, but, like, they overvalue their players way too much. And if it's costing you a player like Damian Lillard, then, you know, you are the new Orlando Magic. Um, let's see. I put, is Pat Riley the worst GM in basketball? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um Two more thoughts here. Uh, why would Philly just not send Harden to Miami? That would solve everyone's problems, and then the league can start harmoniously. And uh, then finally, I've seen a lot of posts naming, like, you know, like whenever a big trade happens, there's, like, the big starting five, like, imagine this team next year kind of things. Um, one of the things that grinds my gears the most in the NBA is, like, you know, every player kind of has nicknames or, like, secondary kind of things you call them. And, like, we all kind of know what they are. One of the things that grinds my gears is when you call somebody by a nickname that's, like, it just doesn't sit right. Like, it's not a legitimate enough one, even if it's just an abbreviation. And so what I mean by that is, for my final point here, uh, 
when posts are naming the starters for the Toronto Raptors next year, and it's, they all say, you know, Dame, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and Pat. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't just call Pat Connaughton Pat, okay? I'm like, all due respect to Pat Connaughton, but his full name is Pat Connaughton on the basketball court. <laughs> He's like probably the sixth or seventh Pat that I think of. Like when it comes to the NBA, if you were to say Pat. <laughs> also, is he going to be a starter? I don't. I don't know enough about that situation. <laughs> yeah, I, he he would definitely be the uh, the asterisk in the the uh, all of those. Imagine the starting fives <laughs> for the Bucks. Oh yeah, I agree. As far as offense defense goes for the Bucks, um, plus offense negative defense, but I think I think Giannis and, and uh, Brooke Lopez have they're, they're a, a dominant enough force defensively in that front court to where at least it'll be a different sort of situation than what Dame saw in Portland um, with Yusuf Nurkic as his you know defending center um, and I use that very loosely and that also is a is going to be a spoiler um, little little flash forward to my tweet of the week this this week um, but uh, yeah the my big thing with with Milwaukee and and landing Dame, my biggest takeaway, other than you know the on court stuff, is you know a couple of weeks ago, um, Giannis was on some podcasts and on some on some shows where he was pretty pretty straightforward about you know that he loves Milwaukee and has loved his time there, um, and you know he's he obviously won the championship there a couple year, a couple years ago. Um, but he said that he's about winning and he's not, you know, he, he wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm staying in Milwaukee for life. That, that hasn't been necessarily his his M.O. And so Milwaukee did an incredible job of taking that and understanding the gravity of that situation. You know, he, they could have just said, you know, he's just bluffing. He's just kind of saying that for, for one reason or another. But um, I think Milwaukee's front office did a great job of analyzing the situation that they're in with this once in a lifetime, truly once in a lifetime star. And they did something about his comments. And now I think, you know, we, we never know what's going to happen, whether this, this fails and, and kind of blows up in their face, but they at least made a bold move to make Giannis make their star happy, um, which is something that a lot of stars in this league don't get. Um, obviously the big one that I think of is LeBron's first stint in, in Cleveland, where the best really that Cleveland did for him was a really old Shaquille O'Neal um, and then, you know, a couple of, of washed-up All-Stars. And so I think Milwaukee is like, we're a small market. You know, Chicago's just down the road. Um, we're in the same market as, you know, Philly and New York. And we have, we have this guy who is, you know, arguably the best player in the league, depending on how you feel about, you know, Jokic, Giannis. Uh, but he's one or two in the league, and we have this opportunity to keep him, and we're going to do whatever we can to keep him. And so I applaud them for doing that. Now, whether it, it works out in their favor, that's that's to be seen. But um, I think they had to make this move in order to have any hope of keeping Giannis, who I believe will be a free agent next summer, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I think they're just kind of getting ahead, getting ahead of that. Um, with with the Blazers pickups, um, I, I actually haven't heard I haven't heard anybody talk about the just the potential, the possibility of them trying to contend. You know, contending for just a play in a, a play in or a low playoff spot. But it actually makes a lot of sense when you're explaining it. Um, you know, picking up Aiton, I feel like is is a little underrated here because Aiton has received a lot of backlash for the past couple of seasons. Um, he hasn't been as aggressive offensively or defensively but it was just a couple years ago that he was you know uh and like you said an above average center in this league and he was a the starting center on a finals team as a young guy and so you know like you said they could they could just trade away holiday trade away any older players and just get some more picks and have uh Shaden Sharp and Scoot and Aiton play really bad basketball for a couple years, or like you said, try to get them as much playoff experience as possible, which if, if Scoot is as good as I think that he could be, 
as a lot of people think that he could be, you know, with his potential. I think it'll happen a lot quicker if they are just aggressive about um, giving them the right experience. And I think a guy like Drew Holiday, who um, said that he, you know, there was a recent recent interview or something that he did where he said that he's probably going to retire in a couple years uh, after his con- current contract's over. Um, what better way, other than contending, I mean, I understand if he wants to go to an actual contender, but what better way to end his career by than by mentoring a prospect like Scoot Henderson where he can, you know, give him, show him the ropes defensively um, and, you know, be that veteran for a talent like Scoot Henderson is. So um, I like that idea. I like the, I like the thought of the Blazers not just blowing it all up and, you know, see basically like see you in five years, Portland, and, you know, we won't really hear from you other than that. Um, and then the Suns, man, you know, these four guys, if you were just to take them um, out of context, I would be like, dear God, I, I'm <laughs> praying for you. But yeah. um, the, but in the context of what the Suns have already done this, this offseason, I think picking up these four guys who – I don't really know. I, I, I honestly haven't really paid much attention to Nazir Little or Keon Johnson, uh, but at least with Nurkic and Allen, you know, they're, they're serviceable guys who can give you give you good minutes in the playoffs. Um, and so, you know, it's just it just makes the sun scarier, which you know sucks for everyone else. Uh, but again, we'll have to see what happens um, with all that. But um, I think overall, uh, overall, I think every team made the right moves. Um, the your your Pat Riley take I think is something uh, that people really need to start considering because I just don't understand and I'm actually uh, I'm actually working on an article about this but I don't I, the the losses of guys like Gabe Vincent and Max, Max Struess at the beginning of the summer when Lillard was still available and on uh, like linked to Miami those losses did didn't seem super devastating. Um, I'm sure they were they were sad about that, but you know if Damian Lillard's coming, it's probably not that big a deal. But now that Damian Lillard is not coming, those losses seem way way bigger, and um, they're kind of in this spot where it just doesn't really. There, there, there's not many moves forward uh, to fill in that gap that those two guys left, and now you have an older Jimmy Butler, um, you have an older Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Kev, Kevin Love. They're you know just maybe a season or two out of the league. Um, and then, you know, a couple of younger guys that, that have some hope, but it's going to, it's going to be tough for them to uh, really get back to where they think that they can be, uh, where they thought that they would be with Damian Lillard. So um, yeah, just the lack of moves from, from Riley, even I, I understand like they were waiting on the Dame stuff, but still um, I think this was this just play. They were, they were the biggest losers in, all of this Damian Lillard stuff. Oh yeah. And that's the thing, man. Like you, you don't want to be that team that is just like, you know, sticking your chest out proud that a player wants to play for you. Um, and then just like letting that player go somewhere else ultimately. Um, and you know, back to the Pat Riley thing, like if Jimmy Butler hadn't like chosen to go there, like what would this team even be right now? Like, like he has been basically everything. And then even like the veterans who have been linked to Miami, um, you know, even like the, the Kyle Lowry's or Victor Oladipo's or, uh, you know, even players who wanted to be traded to Miami, like Dame or Bradley Beal, like they, they didn't want to, like they didn't want to go play for the heat. They wanted to go play with Jimmy Butler, you know? Um, so I just don't know what kind of appeal this team has. And yeah, it, I don't know. I don't know. I would welcome Jimmy requesting a trade. That's all I'm saying. Mm, man, that'd be tough. <laughs> that'd be tough. All right. Um, any other any other thoughts on on that that big news that we had? Um, like I said, this is the first biggest bomb that we had this summer. So um, don't want to move on too quickly from it. Um, you know, you touched on this, but it's like a weirdly like like nice trade to read about. Like it just feels so even like all across. Um, I feel like any trade that involved like whatever pieces the heat had wouldn't have felt like a, like a, I don't know, like a legitimate, like trade, like a one-to-one trade, but this feels like all three teams got exactly what they wanted and got better in the areas that they needed to get better in. And it's just, it's like soothing to read about. It doesn't happen a whole lot. It is pretty soothing to read about just from an outside standpoint. Um, I will say on a lot of the Chicago Bulls um, 
fan pages that, that I'm on, there are a lot of delusional Bulls fans out there that um, aren't really taking this as seriously as I feel like uh, Bulls fans should, considering we're going to face them four times this year. Um, and we've, we've been matched up with the, with the Bucks several times in the playoffs recently. Uh, but there's, <laughs> there's this one post that, that I'm specifically thinking about where this guy, he's, he's, man, he just loves the Bulls. And I do too, but there's a difference between loving them and being, uh, you know, kind of delusional about it. But he was just saying, you know, that they're not going to have any, uh, any chemistry and, you know, Damar and Zach, we're going to, we're going to go up against them and and really put up a fight. And I'm like, this is going to be a four guaranteed losses for us. I I promise you that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's one thing that I've noticed that's different about like certain big market teams, fan bases. I'm going to leave my team out of this because. Uh, we're different like <laughs> like I mean they tore down the picture of Julius Randle in MSG and like stomped on it it's a little different but uh you know fans of like Boston and Chicago and I'm really sorry that I just lumped Chicago fans in with Boston fans but you know and even like uh like LA fans to an extent like that's kind of like the irrational love that people have. I mean, and you, you got to have it. it. It's great. It's part of being a fan, you know, like, uh, that tweet that, uh, I reposted yesterday. I keep calling them tweets and I'm going to keep calling them tweets because my brain just doesn't make that shift. Um, but that tweet from yesterday where it was like, you know, should we trade Malcolm Brogdon for Drew holiday? And the fact that there's any reservation there, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would load Malcolm Brogdon up in my car and drive him across the country to Portland and drop him off. Like <laughs> crazy, but you got to have that. And you know what? Yeah. Maybe, maybe DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine's chemistry. <laughs> I mean, they've played upwards of like a hundred games together. So like, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the year. That's what I've got to keep telling yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is definitely the year. <laughs> They made so many big moves, like re-signing Io Desunmu. <laughs> hey, my boy Io. This is this is his year. <laughs> he is kind of nice. Oh. All right. So we are going to talk about some storylines that we're excited for this season. Um, no rhyme or reason behind these, and no, I guess, no real order. Uh, but we both we both decided on three stories that we are storylines that we are looking forward to in this 2023. 2024 season. So Ryan, I'll let you start. What's your first storyline? Mine is one that I started to touch on last week a little bit, and I hate that Zach's not here to defend himself, but uh, OKC simply has to be a good team this year. Like, they just have to. If they're not, I'm going to like start to dislike them, and I don't want to dislike them, because as we know from last week, SGA is one of my top 10 favorite players in the league. <laughs> um, but like if if OKC does this whole thing again where there's like these like phantom injuries and like you know they're they're talking about draft picks and t- trying to sell everyone on how young you know Chet Holmgren is like like SGA has been in the league like 5 years now like he's not like a super young player like Lou Dort's not super young I, I know they have like a ton of guys on rookie contracts and stuff like that but like this comes at you faster than you think it would and and you know people have made the comparison to like the OKC Thunder back in 2011 um, I would like to point out like the late 2010s, like 76ers, like teams like that, that contend for titles. I mean, the, that young 76ers team was like the Kawhi triple bounce shot away from going to the finals. Like these teams, like they usually still have a bunch of starters on rookie contracts when they start to make playoff pushes. And OKC has to do that this year. Like it can't be another like draft pick. I mean, like I mentioned it last week on the pod, like, does anybody want to see them with another lottery pick? Cause at this point they're like, they're like drafting like their seventh or eighth man with these lottery picks. Um, they have to move this stuff. They have to get like a bona fide, like legitimate veteran. Cause they have one of the best players in the league right now. And they have an amazing supporting cast around them. Um, so that is my first storyline. OKC simply, I mean, I mean, at least contend to win the first round. Like, I would say if you're like a play-in team or if you get like swept in the first round or something like that, then it's like still kind of a red flag. Yeah. I mean, what, what more, what more do they need than just experience at this point? They're, they're not, um, like you said, they they don't, 
they're not they shouldn't be looking to just draft their uh, back their backup backup center. Um, sp- speaking of OKC though, uh, I saw this TikTok that was talking about their new stadium and um, you know just how just a bunch of random facts about it and they and but one of the one of the random facts was an an element that they're adding to their stadium. <laughs> And this is just a funny. This is so funny considering where they're at and um, in in the in the league. But one of the elements of their stadium are these kiosks where uh, people can go and basically see all of the draft picks that Oklahoma City has for the next however long, six seven years. And <laughs> that is like a point of a point of excitement. <laughs> it's supposed to be a point of excitement for for OKC fans. Is, I can go to this kiosk and press 2028 and see all the draft picks that I have, where it came from and whatnot. And I feel like that is kind of exactly what you're, it's exactly what you're saying of that is, it's awesome. Like you guys have a lot of assets, but for basketball lovers, you know, draft picks in 2030 don't excite me as much as Shago just right now playing in the playoffs and competing. Yes. It's like I say, like, the point of all of this, the point of literally everything that we're talking about, the point of trading for Damian Lillard, all of it, the point of literally everything in the NBA is to win games and win championships. And you need good players to do that. And even one step farther down the ladder, you need draft picks to get good players. So we're like three steps down the ladder of of what this team's identity should be. And I feel bad saying that because I like this team a lot. And I like a lot of players, but like, I want to see them in the playoffs. Like, you got to learn something like, I, like, I'm sorry. Like I don't know enough about primetime thunder players yet. And some of them have been in big games for years, but it's like, you know, at some point we have to see like, OKC play the nuggets in like round two. And then we learn that Josh Giddy can't defend like a certain spot on the floor against a certain type of player and gets a little exposed, but like, we don't have any of that like knowledge on like a deep level. Cause these guys have never been in a series. And SJ is getting to a point where, you know, he was in the, was it the 2018 draft? Like with Luca and Trey yeah. and Luca and Trey, obviously Luca didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, I'll actually trade it neither. So, you know, these guys, but these guys have competed in high level playoff, you know, stakes and SGA is, maybe not as good, but nearly as good as those guys and the same age as those guys, basically. So, you know, he's not, he's not in the same realm as, you know, Chet Holmgren, Holmgren who will play his first game this season, uh, but he can lead them into that, you know, into some sort of competition. So I agree. Yeah. With you. Which for reference, the year that, uh, that he was drafted was uh, the next to last year, Paul George was on the thunder which means that Carmelo Anthony was still on the Thunder when SGA <laughs> was drafted into the league, which makes it feel like forever ago. All right. My first storyline um, that I wanted to mention I'm excited for is, um, and I kind of grouped a bunch of stuff together. I basically said all of the new CBA stuff. So the main one, actually, I'll get to the main one in a second. Uh, the, one of them is the in-season tournament, which I don't know much about, don't really know how the seating is going to work and, and what all it's going to um, mean for the for the outcome of the regular season or the playoffs. But I think this in-season tournament is going to be just a breath of fresh air. Um, and, you know, it's going to give it's going to give some sort of purpose to the middle of the season, um, which there's all there's always that time where it just feels like there's not a purpose. Um, and it's it's just a lot of meaningless, not meaningless fully, but a lot of somewhat meaningless basketball. And so I'm excited for that in-season tournament. But more than that, I'm actually, when it comes to the new CBA stuff, I'm excited about the 65-game, um, I guess, qualification for players to win MVP, defensive player, um, to make all NBA teams. Um, I think that there's, there's so many caveats that go into it, but I think adding that qualification is going to, we're going to be able to see a lot, a lot of the star players play more, um, and that's this is you know the age old conversation about how you can go to most like any given game, any given regular season game, and you never know who's going to be on the court. Um, I said this when I went and saw the Hawks play the Lakers a couple couple months ago, where I was like, <laughs> like fingers crossed, just on my knees begging that <laughs> LeBron James would be you know, on the court playing. And he was, thankfully. Um, but Anthony Davis wasn't, you know. So, you know, there's there's just so much 
um, that goes into that goes into wanting players to be available for games. And I think this will help that cause out is, is just having this this 65 game qualifier for players to make. Um, not only like the MVP and the defensive player kind of makes sense, you know, for the most part, MVP, whoever's won the MVP has played 70 games or more. Um, but especially with the all NBA thing, that's that's a huge thing for players. And, you know, a lot of guys play 50 games and, and they make it in. So I think this will this will drastically change what we see on the court for this season. Yeah. And uh, one thing I was thinking earlier, too, was that when it comes to these new rules, um, the ones you mentioned for the awards, but also like the, the new rule that um, if you have like two players who have I can't remember what it is exactly. It's like if you have two players who have made an all star or all NBA team in the last three years, then one at least one of them has to play every night unless there's like a like legitimate injury or something like that. Which like all of these like little caveats and stuff is like a it's kind of hard to remember. But as the game goes on, like as we get two seasons into this, like you and I are not going to be thinking about these rules because like they won't be talking about them. Like it won't be a thing that we have to think about very much. Um, it'll just sort of be like a front office and coaching thing where it's like, Hey, we have to make our players play. And on the other, on the other end, people who like basketball, like you and I will just be watching and we'll be like, Hey, Kawhi's playing again. This is a miracle. Um, as far as the, the in-season tournament goes, I like, I was kind of back and forth on it when they announced it and like when they were talking about it, but man, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I was looking at Nick's tickets on, on, uh, Man, I guess I have to shout out SeatGeek. I was trying to avoid, <laughs> I was trying to give, avoid giving out a sponsorship here, but uh, <laughs> I was looking at Nick's tickets and uh, I saw um, I saw that they have a game against the Hornets as part of the the in season tournament, and I just sat there. I was like, "That's incredible! I, I've got to go to this." <laughs> yeah, and, and I was like, "Wait, why am I so hyped about the in season tournament now?" And uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had to explain loving mid-season basketball to people but i have because like my students kind of clown me for it a lot um like i'll tell people the most ridiculous things sometimes like yeah it's just i love you know you know it's tuesday night nothing going on throw on the game see how like Cade cunningham's developing you know <laughs> just i i can see like the pacers are playing the kings and i can talk myself into it somehow I'll just be like well Maybe Tyrese Halliburton will like try to go off against his former team, you know, and like then I have to watch the whole game, and like that—that's the kind of mindset that I have that I don't think a lot of people have. <laughs> I mean, like I know you do, and like other people who love basketball, but like to casual fans, this does give like an extra weight to the middle of the season, where it's like, hey, like you can watch these games for more than just like ideas and more more than just like talking points about these guys like there's like a weight to it almost like playoffs all right so my second one uh i hate that this is the second time in like three pods that i've shot at this guy out but this is where we are um this is the season of ben simmons keith oh well. he's, <laughs> he's back he's better than ever he's coming for the first ever two-time rookie of the year i can't wait <laughs> I legitimately disliked him a lot, like in college and when he won Rookie of the Year. I was a huge Donovan Mitchell supporter back then, and it frustrating. But anyways, that's all in the past. What's in the future is Ben Simmons is back. He has said he's feeling great. Um, that's about it. There's not really much else <laughs> that we know. But he says he's going to be good this year, which is one, his first and only admittance that he wasn't good the last few years. Um, and honestly, you know, this Brooklyn team, like, you know, they they have Mikel Bridges who balled out for like five games last year. They're going to add potentially, you know, a perennial all-star, a potentially like, you know, like all the things that Ben Simmons was, great rebounder, great passer, facilitator. He's like, he's like an off-brand Giannis, like a less fun less likable Giannis. Um, <laughs> and they're adding him to this rotation. I believe, man, I think that, that Ben Simmons is here. I love it for the trade rumors that will inevitably develop. Um, and that's it. That's it. That's the second storyline. I want to see if this takes off. And more importantly, the real reason I'm interested in this is I want to see how it inevitably comes crashing down. Man, 
Yeah, I didn't think that we would have this much Ben Simmons content on our on our podcast um, <laughs> in these past couple episodes. But hey, I'm here for it. Um, Brooklyn, I think is gonna be is gonna be fun to watch. Um, I, I'm getting like vibes of that D'Angelo Russell Brooklyn team from a couple years ago that nobody really thought was gonna do anything, but then they came to the playoffs and won like one or two games, and they were super fun, super young. Um, and so you have you have a team with with Bridges who is just you know, if I was redoing my my top ten list from last last week, I might I might put Bridges on there. Um, he's just a fun guy to watch. You have Ben Simmons, um, Nick Claxton, and then uh, I was watching some uh, I was watching some Cam Thomas highlights the other day. Um, just you know, very very Kelly Oubre ish in the in the sense of if he gets the ball, he is shooting the ball. Um, except Kelly Oubre has never scored back to back fifty point games, so uh, you know. Cam Thomas has that that <laughs> that upper leg on him, uh, but yeah, I think that the I think the that Brooklyn is gonna be is gonna be a fun team to watch. Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe an eight to eight to ten seed somewhere in that. Uh, but as far as Ben Simmons goes, I was actually I was actually kind of a fan of Ben Simmons because I I low key pulled for the Sixers for a little bit while Jimmy Butler was on that team and uh, Ben was was a guy that I was always kind of like, hey, you know, he's a he's a great defender, uh, great playmaker. Uh, you know his shots. His, his shots not there, but he'll get it. And now, now I'm kind of more towards the middle, where you know I I was kind of disappointed in in his disappointing playoff uh, performances. But you know what? He's the underdog now, and it's fun to root for an underdog. So let's go, Ben Simmons for most improved player this year. Hey, amen, amen. I don't know if you've like seen any of the stuff. Uh... <laughs> Between like the Knicks having four of the five Villanova starters from their national championship team, and the one that they don't have is Mikael Bridges, and they all just open like they tweet at him almost every day about leaving the, the Nets. <laughs> but it's so much fun. Um, shout out to Ryan Archidiacono. Archie I never really learned how to say his name right. Um, third stint on the Knicks. So does he wear number fifty one on the Knicks? Because that's what um, we wore on the Bulls, and and I specifically wanted so bad a uh, Ryan Archidiacono jersey with the fifty one on it. I couldn't tell you. So my next storyline that I'm excited for, and I feel like this is a given, uh, but I'm excited about it, and that's Victor Wembanyama on the Spurs. I'm excited to see how he pans out as an NBA player. Um, I think that I think he's going to be pretty immediately good. Um, maybe not, you know not one of the top 15 best players in the league right away, but he just has, he has all the tools to be good. And um, he's on a, he's in a system that I think will maximize him. Um, and, and I believe, I believe uh, Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon talks about this on their recent podcast, but um, I think this will also give the Spurs some much needed, um, some much needed coverage on the other guys on that team, like Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson, who are, really good players that no one would really know about because nobody cared about the Spurs until this year when they drafted Wemby. So I'm excited to see how the Wemby Spurs thing works out and, you know, see if he, if he lives up to, you know, the greatest prospect of all time since, or at least since LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No extra notes for that. I think we're all on the same page. You decided to see uh, how he fares. Hope he doesn't like, get some random injury and miss some time, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to just, you know, like throughout a guy's like rookie year, they'll kind of have that ebb and flow, but inevitably they'll have like one month where they're just incredible. And then, you know, like this guy is going to be like this every night one day. Uh, so I hope we get a little flash of that from Wimby this year. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. This is, it's a super likable team too. So, yeah. Well, my last one is a tale as old as time. Um, just like Christmas comes every year, just like you have to do your taxes every year. At some point every season, Lakers fans realize that every free agent they signed was really bad. <laughs> Let me rattle off. They have, they have Gabe Vincent, who I'm sure Miami would love to have back. But obviously, uh, they re-signed Austin Reeves. But then this team has added Torian Prince, who uh, did not really play last year. Cam Reddish, who did not really play last year for my team. Um <laughs> Jackson Hayes, who I have zero memories of ever being on a basketball court. Christian Wood, who has seemingly tried to be the new-ish Smith. Uh, Rui Hachimura, 
and D'Angelo Russell, who is basically just like like a human like trade piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I had you know I'm sure some people probably texted you about the Dame news yesterday. I had one guy reach out to me and ask for my immediate thoughts, and I said uh, that the Suns were the deepest team in the league now, and he's a huge Lakers fan, and he just goes, "Well." I honestly feel like we might have a little bit more depth than them. <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't. You will not feel that way about Cam Reddish in a few in a few weeks. Let me tell you that much. Um, it happens every year. They talk themselves into these guys who, I guess, it just doesn't matter that they get DMPs for 90% of their games. You know, 10th tenth, tenth men on other teams who, in theory, are good players, but in reality, aren't. So... I, what I'm looking forward to this year is the inevitable point where Lakers fans turn on their players, and then we get to start uh, entertaining some trade rumors. Get to start hearing about Kyrie to the Lakers from December through February. Oh, that's going to be brutal, man. <laughs> I almost, I almost just hope that the Lakers are good for that reason alone, <laughs> so that we don't have to go through every rumor of trades being linked to Los Angeles. Just cheering every time D'Angelo Russell scores. <laughs> All right, my last one that I am looking forward to. There is a player out there that is very disgruntled on the current team that he is on. Um, He just saw um, another player in the league make it to get traded to a a contender, probably the best situation that he could have gotten traded to. Um, And now this player is is still he's still stuck and he's he's wanting out. He feels like he is he's trapped by this organization. Um, and he, you know, I'm, ex- I, I, I'm excited and also anxious to see what happens to this player. Um, I think that he's going to, he's going to have, he's going to have a, a, a big season ahead of him of, of a lot of proving. And for those of you listening and Ryan, you may think that I'm talking about James Harden, but I'm not, I'm actually talking about Evan Fournier on the Knicks. Yes. Who just, who just recently, recently said that he feels like he's something like imprisoned or something by, by New York. Imprisoned for $78 million. I would love that prison. Yeah. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta hit up your boys, Rye, you know, get, get that man out of there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am all on board with this. Honestly, I wish I had thought of it. Um, Evan Fournier, I I don't think has played in over a year for the Knicks. He eats up like a quarter of our cap space for some reason. Truly, like front office has done a great job these last few years, and he is like this weird, like like I don't know, like a weird asterisk on everything. It's like a lot of great moves, and then this unbelievably terrible move. And he's not even, like, a good, like, bench guy. Like, sometimes you can rally around, like, the, the guy who's overpaid, but he's, like, a team mascot kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like, like DeAndre Jordan was that for my Knicks back in the day. But, like, or, like, Ennis Cantor or someone like that. But, like, Evan Fournier, like, it, he doesn't even, like, really dress out. He just sits there and frowns. <laughs> he, like, doesn't cheer when anything happens. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, man is man is just in purgatory right now, and uh, he just he just needs out. Um, but but seriously, I I am um, I did mention James Harden. I am I am anxious to see kind of how that plays out. Obviously, there's been a lot of drama, and I don't know what are you are you more on James Harden's side? Or are you more on Daryl Morey's side? Or are you kind of just indifferent towards the whole situation? Um, I don't really love Daryl Morey, but I'm never on James Harden's side. I'll put it that way, uh, like. He chose to sign there a few months ago. Like, he, he signed his contract extension, like, in June or something like that. And now he, like, wants out super bad. And I don't know, man. Like, his game's a little weird now. It's, like, slowed down a lot. He can't score nearly the same way that he used to. Um, you know, people make, like, the Pat Harden jokes. But he genuinely doesn't seem, like, as in shape as other players do <laughs> if you're watching Sixers games. It's like he's on, like, half speed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm definitely not on Harden's side. I hope they get him out of there and get him to a hilarious situation of some sort. I feel like it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. Um, Harden doesn't have a great track record when it comes to how he's treated teams. 
And now it's hard to feel bad for him, even if he even if he is right about you know Maury lying to him about the contract and whatnot. You know, it's like okay, but you you kind of screwed over two different teams, and now you're in this place, and it's almost like you kind of deserve it. So, uh, but I will be intrigued to see how wherever he goes and how that works out, and also with Embiid on the Sixers and what that looks like around Embiid and Maxi and how they, you know, somewhat build around that and like without James Harden in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I will not uh, be entertaining the Knicks rumors and that applies to every player. I don't care if you're talking about a player on the Cavs or a player on the Bucks, or if you're talking about a player that you just named, I'm not entertaining them. And this is the one time I will say that on this podcast, if it gets brought up, it gets brought up by Keith. (laughs) We, we have RJ Barrett and Evan Fournier. Oh man, that is a that is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, <laughs> all right, guys, we are going to end today's podcast with a fun segment that um, really, because of Elon Musk, doesn't doesn't really work. <laughs> but I'm not going to change the name of this segment. Um, this is tweet of the week, um, or if you are a ex purist, then I guess post of the week. I don't even know what they're called <laughs> on X. Um, so. This is just our, our some of our favorite tweets, maybe just one um, yeah. that, that we've seen over this past week. So, Rye, what you got? Um, I need threads to take off, man. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I just saw this one yesterday that made me crack up. It said, uh, I'm so happy for Heat fans. They finally get to keep watching Tyler Hero, who they've been telling us is great and very valuable for months. Rest <laughs> <laughs> in peace, man. Dang. <laughs> That is a good one. Like I said, biggest losers of this of this whole off season. Oh yeah, um, what you got? Oh man, I I just wanted to uh, w- one thing, and, and like we said at the beginning of this, well, when we started this segment, it's hard to it's hard to describe picture tweets, um, but you know those are probably some of the funniest ones. I just want to quickly honorably mention um, all of the the tweets involving that Kevin James picture. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but Kevin James, like oh, yeah. Paul Blart Mall Cop, um, all of those tweets are extremely funny. Um, this is also an honorable mention. This is, and this is for all of our uh, all of our fellow Game of Thrones fans out there, and I guess NFL fans too. Um, in lieu of all the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff, I saw this one tweet. Um, <laughs> it's Taylor Swift and. Um, Lord Stannis Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Oh, no. And it says Lord, Taylor Swift and Lord Stannis Baratheon have hung out, quote-unquote, several times, TMZ reports. And the singer the singer has uh, claimed, I support his rightful claim to the throne. And I thought that was just so out of left field and so funny. Uh, but my actual one... Um, oh, sorry. I, there's, there were so many good ones this week. Um, another honorable mention... Um, somebody said Brooke Lopez is going to contest two shots at the rim in a row, and Dame might cry on the spot. Uh, <laughs> but my my number one of this week is um, it says NBA player dies on the court, and then it says Isaiah Thomas, like new Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> looks like they could use another playmaking guard. Eyes emoji. I'm here though. Shrug. Hashtag the slow grind. <laughs> The slowest grind of all time. Oh man, I saw another one kind of talking about the, the like comparing Isaiah Thomas and Colin Kaepernick's uh, <laughs> attempts to get back into their respective leagues, and I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> That's oh my gosh, it, it makes sense though. It does. I yeah. hate that Isaiah Thomas has become that. Oh <laughs> yeah, I, I love him. I, I really do. <laughs> but I know. I know you probably saw this one. I mean, I I loved this one quote tweet to another tweet, and then the tweet that was being quote tweeted was quote tweeted by you. So I don't know if you saw this, but anyways, it's the one about Jabari Parker. Um, you know, Jabari Parker, you know, ranting about the NBA and you know wanting to leave for Barcelona and all this stuff. And uh, uh, Jason Concepcion said something like. <laughs> I told my doctor this is my this ACL injury is my ticket out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that made sense to anyone other than Keeper because I didn't really explain the first week, but it got yeah. me rolling. 
basically Jabari Parker saying that he chose to leave the NBA because of how watered down it is when really it was the fact that he had an ACL injury and also he just didn't play good basketball for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Well, folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Deep Two. Rye, it's always a pleasure talking hoops with you. We will catch you guys next time. Weird shout out. Um, you ever had a fresca before? I haven't. Is that flavored water? <laughs> so fresca, first of all, shout out fresca. Fresca is like, it's the Coke brand sparkling water. Mm. And I'm telling you, you've got to try one of these. I don't know if you're a sparkling water guy. It doesn't matter because this doesn't count. But like, I took one sip of this and like laughed the first time I had it. Because <laughs> it's like what I would imagine like like sparkling water on like Parks and Rec would taste like. Where it's yeah. like, it just tastes like Mountain Dew, basically. Super sugary. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like abrasively sugary. <laughs> I just said, it was like, who are they fooling? Like, this is the Coca-Cola brand sparkling water. So, shout out Fresca. I'll have to try it out. I'm not really a sparkling water guy, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll try it out. I do like Liquid Death sparkling water, like their, mm. their version of it. That stuff is pretty good. Dude, their lime one, I can drink that all yes. day. Oh, so good. Oh. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep2Pod. That's Deep, the number two, pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep2. Deep2.